You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, joined here with uh, CEO and founder of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, Doug Field, and welcome to this edition of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Brent. How you doing? Good, good. Back from Vegas, huh? A little jet lag, all of us are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's right, but it's, you know, all good. We come back, uh, we were talking here just, just shortly, or a little bit ago, 85 degrees out in Vegas, you come back to Atlanta, 35 and windy, so... You know, good to see trees though, and uh, you know the nice fall weather. Vegas out there for everybody. We uh, just coming back from IHC Forum West, a very successful event. Uh, Going to talk about that a little bit here in the news and views um, section. I know, Doug. I know from the beginning. You know, with uh, that that first keynote panel, it just kicked off great with uh, IHC Forum West. Yeah, I even think it even started before that. And and to our listeners out there, to our t- uh, attendees that may be listening, our speakers that may be listening, to our sponsors, uh, sincerely thank you for making Forum West success because it's not it wasn't a success for us without a success for them. And uh, it was a really. Um, I think the general theme in our event was there was a high level of energy and interactive discussion. That's probably the most important. I mean, getting this market, having a high energy level and a discussion. And I I think it really started uh, quite candidly with Todd Berkeley and uh, John Young's Lunch and Learn. Mm -hmm. I think they did a great job, you know, talking about HSAs and exchanges and where we are and where we're heading. and it was job well done, as we would expect from our two friends. That's right. <laughs> they always do it. They always do a great job, and extremely knowledgeable. Knowledgeable, both of them, um, around that subject matter. Yep. And uh, you know our precons. You know our uh, healthcare consumerism uh, certification precon. You know uh, had a good room full of people. We'll look forward to getting them certified here in the next couple of weeks. They've all qualified to take the test. Uh, you know uh, Barbara and the team at. Uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers did another really nice job on our uh, pre-con mm-hmm. around defined contribution and private exchange. We work, look forward to uh, <clears throat> continuing to work closely uh, with them. Uh, Nahu partnered with us on a self-funding uh, uh, workshop for brokers that was the room was overflowing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I think that says something about uh, you know the smaller employers embracing self-funding and the brokers trying to figure out how to help them uh, get it done. Yep, and then and thank you to Nahu. A lot of these partnerships that we pull together, you know, just helps bring the the industry tighter together. And uh, you know, to Ron Bachman out there, Ron, if you're uh, listening, hope you got your <laughs> yeah. voice back, Ron. You know, Ron does a great job for us as as the leader um, and kind of emceeing a lot of the event and. Uh, you know, lost his voice, but I hope it got back, got his voice back uh, today. So, yeah. I guess there's, you know, there, there's probably five, there five or six general themes that came out of Forum West. Uh, you know, touch briefly on the one about politics. I think the consensus from the experts and ourselves and all about, you know, what's the political landscape going to look like as it relates to Obamacare is one. Who knows? But two, I think the more the if there's a consensus on what everyone hopes happens is let's don't get into repealing the whole bill. You know, that that can result in a stalemate. Employers have already done a lot of work on on the law. Uh there's some good parts of the innovation that's spurned up because of the law. Let's get to let's get into getting if it's about the economy and jobs, if that's what both the Democrats and Republicans want to make it about you know you know the economy and the jobs. Then let's take a look at the parts of the health care law that are really hurting 
economy and jobs. And let's 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 fix those parts, and let's improve this bill uh, to the extent we can, and uh, move it forward. I think the other, uh, you know, interesting trend coming out of West is there's a lot of good work getting done, a lot of good work getting done by employers, a lot of employers that are really changing up the way uh, they provide plans to their employees. And I'm not just talking about exchanges. I'll get to that in a minute. But a lot of good work getting done with consumerism plans, full replacement programs, but really embracing transparency solutions, engagement, embracing, you know, we did a partnership this year with uh, uh, Las Vegas uh, Tourism Board and uh, Las Vegas Heels, which is a healthcare group out there on really educating our market on domestic medical tourism destinations in Las Vegas. Things are doing really interesting work, and I think that uh, most people's eyes were opened to those that went on the FAM trip, but then those that got a chance to talk to uh, the people in different facilities while they exhibited and uh, sponsored a workshop at Forum, and we look forward to continuing that because that's, that's a real solution. That's a real alternative care, alternative accessibility you know, uh, solution. All the like our telehealth, I mean, telehealth, we had some outstanding telehealth people there. And, you know, just where that is now as, as, a, as a tool to enable better accessibility to care at a more cost-effective basis and a convenient basis. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we're going to continue to work with that industry as we roll into our forums, you know, next year. Uh, so just a lot of good work being done. And a lot, of, I guess, the theme I'm backing into is innovation. This market's filled with innovation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, – <clears throat> and the level of investment following innovation in this marketplace. And, and that that's a validation that it's real and real work is going to get done, you know, whether it's, again, telehealth whether it's exchanges, whether it's wearables and digital health, whether it's transparency and engagement solutions, et cetera. So, you know, really, really positive. And then when you come to exchanges, I mean, how can we not talk about exchanges, right? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, one of those the most disruptive uh, happenings in our in the last 30 years of health and health care benefits. And there know? was, and to, to that point, Doug, I mean, you know, we did have the, the private exchange panel um, with a great group of, of solution providers up there and, um, you know, broker group um, with Lockton up there really talking about the private exchange marketplace and I had multiple conversations with with brokers consultants who were looking at it and saying hey who should I go talk to at this event and who's got the the right model that I might be able to rep and my answer to him was I'm not exactly sure you probably need to talk to everybody because there's all different kinds of models and would go talk to, to Go Health or Connexure or Solstice or any of the other um, you know private exchange platforms that were there exhibiting their solutions because they're seeking to understand how they get in the game. And that's specifically from the broker standpoint. Mm-hmm. But employers, what you heard running across almost every general session and into the workshops there is, is they're analyzing them. Mm-hmm. They're analyzing the private exchange market and – is it right for them? Is it not right for them? Some have made the choice that they're they're going to stay in the full replacement, high deductible um, type plan, and that's that's where they are right now. And some have said, "Hey, I'm going to move to the private exchange market and put my employees on one of these platforms." Yeah, you, you, and, and like I talked about in our, in our opening, Brent, did, uh, uh, <clears throat> at forum, is that you know. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and there's a lot of seeking to understand. So I think that you know our role is to kind of be the the place where the market comes together to 
kind of learn and connect with each other, not just our events, but across our platform, so they can better understand is an exchange defined contribution model right for my workforce? Because there's some misassumptions. Some some people think an exchange defined contribution cannot be self-funding. Well, that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, and there's been research out there that, that kind of misstates it and says, hey, I'm I'm going to not move my employee. I'm not going to move away from employer-sponsored benefits by going to define private exchange. That's not true either. Going to a defined private exchange model can actually be a much better experience for your employees, give them much better choice. I mean, an exchange is there to address cost concerns on the part of employer, to, to address resource uh, concerns on the part of HR and benefit teams, and to provide a better plan of choice and a better experience for employees. If it if it works on all three of those goals, then it works for you know uh, works for everyone. So I think Clint Jones, who's coming on uh, on our program today, CEO of Go Health, said it well on the panel too. Is that remind everyone we're we're just at the beginning. This is the beginning. Do I believe this is me personally? Do I believe this may go faster than people think? Yeah, I kind of do because I think it makes sense. You know, just like online banking made sense, mm-hmm. but people didn't think so at right. first. Just like buying online at Best Buy makes sense. But, you know, buying healthcare is different, but using this technology and using these tools that are available to us, you know, through the innovation that's out there, you know, does make sense. Mm-hmm. And there was a, there was, actually a really good following it was actually the second or the third day of the conference um private not after the private exchange one but um it was on total population health management and i thought that was a very engaging um eye-opening kind of general session where a lot of the the panelists there were looking at total population health management and how do you get your employee population engaged in there and we've we've talked about it on this program here Population health management is going to be a key part of these exchange platforms. Mm-hmm. So let's put that on the right right hand. But on the left hand, total population health management has struggled to to define an ROI for an employer. Mm-hmm. But what they really talked about it is is it changing the culture of your your employee population internally. And we've right. had some conversations with employers, and that's what they're looking at: is it changing my culture first, and then as I evaluate. Um, my program, what's it doing for me in terms of ROI down the road? Right. It's about, yeah, I mean, the the whole health management industry is uh, having to change the way they approach the market because, you know, health management is is truly a risk management tool and solution as well as a productivity tool and solution. Mm -hmm. And it's it's being able to effectively communicate to that C-level executive as to what is this you know, investment return that we need to be looking at. And it's probably not going to come short term. It's going to come a little longer term. Right, right. And then, um, you know, we'd we'd be remiss not to talk about the legal leaders there. (laughs) Um, And thank you so much to to Tony Miller. And thanks, John Young, for for helping us pull that together. Um, Tony Miller was the CEO and founder of Definity Health, for any of you out there who know who Definity Health is. And now Tony's actually in the investment space. But a very eye-opening um, legal leaders presentation that he did for for about a hundred of the legal leaders members out at West, where he really talked about some consumerism and embraced consumerism, but at the same time made sure to show that there are some 
some issues and concerns that need to be addressed to help consumerism continue to move forward. Absolutely. You know, we've got to, you know, to bend this cost curve, we got to make some tough choices as consumers and as employers with our employees. It's just, uh, you know, we don't have enough time on the segments to talk about it. But he challenges, he challenged us at one point in time with the, you know, the end of life where a lot of costs are, okay. and other countries do a better job of, you know, managing in, you know, into life and having that discussion. So we here in America have to start having those discussions, which is a tough one to have. But uh, we got a great couple guests coming up on our program, uh, uh, a lead executive with Connecture, who was also part of Forum West, uh, Clint Jones, uh, CEO of Go Health, that was uh, with us at Forum West. So we look forward to having uh, both them on soon. Uh, stay tuned for the next segment, Healthcare Consumers Radio. Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276 to learn more. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field along with my co-host Brent Macy, and welcome back to this segment of Healthcare Consumers Radio. And joining us on the program today is one of our uh, guest speakers at this week's IHC Forum uh, that was held out in Las Vegas, uh, Christopher Newhart, Vice President of Product Design and User Experience at Connecture. Chris, good morning. Morning. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, long time no see, huh? <laughs> right, exactly. It's a little cooler where I am right now. Chris, it even is here in Atlanta. We woke up to 25 degrees here in Atlanta, Georgia this morning. So. Oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, let's, um, t- you, you, for those on our audience that don't know Connecture, give a little background on uh, Connecture, please. Sure thing. Yeah. So Connector has been around for 15 years. Um, I think uh, you know, Connector is a, a leading platform for you know consumer shopping, enrollment, retention solutions. Uh, we've we've uh, been working with with health plans, uh, public exchanges, uh, private exchanges, uh, really across the board. Um, mm-hmm. We have you know 20 of the uh, top 25 health plans. So uh, it's not not something that's new for Connector. Kind of uh, working with uh, consumer enrollment and exchange technology. I'd say uh, the landscape has changed, and, and we've kind of you know, changed with it, but uh, we're, we're certainly not new to this market. Now, Chris, um, you know, why is the co- uh, conference like ours important, and, and really in general, you know, 
what is the work that you're doing at Connecture? How does it tie into to this whole consumerism movement that's out there? I think the uh, the conference itself is, is fantastic because it, it really helps put everything we're doing in context of a broader uh, vision. You've got you know enrollment providers, you've got your cost transparency and wellness providers all, all together. Uh, discussing kind of the core issue, which is, you know, how, how do we uh, adjust the long-term cost curve? And everybody has a, a piece in that. You know, we look at it from a enrollment perspective of, how, you know, how can we educate consumers and engage them year-round um, and, and really help uh, you know, be part of that overall ecosystem for consumerism? Yeah, uh, Chris, you uh, participated in our Divine Contribution Privacy Things panel, and, again, I want to thank you for that. It was a uh, job well done. Uh, when you look back, uh, what were some key takeaways for you for that conversation? I think uh, you know it, it's uh, the private exchange market um, is and uh, kind of its prospects for that that inflection point where it really starts taking off. I think there's a recognition there that it, the world's a little bit more nuanced and complicated uh, than, than we like to give it credit for. You know, uh, Mike Smith from Lockton brought up a number of points about you know the nat- nature of the employer business and. And how you know uh, benefit consultants need to be uh, flexible in that market to really uh, meet each employer's needs. We heard that from some of the employer panels as well. Where you know it's not as simple yeah. as just saying we're going to put up something and, you know, with a lump sum and let everybody shop and it's all going to be dandy. There's right. a there's a lot more complicated uh, uh, nuance in, in the market than than we like to say often. Now, Chris, um, you mentioned what you know what Mike said and what some of the employers said. Were there were there any other things that stood out to you? Were there any surprises um, from any conversations that you may have had at your booth or following your, your general session there? You know, I think um, in general there, there's a, a sense that um, maybe employees are a bit uh, cautious. Uh, there was uh, some focus groups that, uh, that, that others have conducted with their employee base and heard, heard from some that – but, you know, they're not sure what this is. Is this a benefit to me mm-hmm. or not? You know, what mm-hmm. What are you saying? You know, when you're saying put me on exchange, does that mean, you know, something to do with the public exchanges? What am, what am right. I expecting out there? And I, not that it should be surprising, uh, but I don't think we, we can just say that, you know, people will just automatically think this is um, the easiest thing in the world. So there's a lot of work uh, we need to do from a consumer uh, standpoint to, to really uh, teach them that, that private exchanges are for um, – you know, for not just for cost-conscious employers, but for talent-driven uh, employers as well. That we can we can provide an experience that that people really enjoy. No, Chris, I think I think that's well said. You know, I talked um, <clears throat> a little bit on this first segment. I'm not sure you were able to listen in on news and views about. There's just there's a lot of information that we need to continue to nurture with everyone in the food chain, the brokers that are representing, you know, exchanges to their clients, you know, the employers themselves, both that C-level executive and that key benefit buyer, and then certainly the ultimate consumer, because there's there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, it doesn't mean it won't work. There's just a lot of unknowns to educate them on, you know, what is the benefit, because if it, if it works if an exchange works the way it's supposed to, it is going to be a cost management tool for the employers. It's going to be a resource management tool for HR benefit people. But more importantly, it's going to provide a better benefit experience for the employees and their families, correct? Correct. And we really look at that last point as, as the core. You know, mm-hmm. If you're making the employee happy and they look at this as a net benefit that I'm, you're giving me something I didn't have before, right. 
you know, if the employees are happy, the HR directors are happy, the employers happy, you know, that's, uh, it, it kind of all works its way up the, the food chain. Chris, you uh, head up product design uh, for Connexer. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about the importance of that user interface, but then touch on a little bit the equal importance of that back end, which I think sometimes we don't talk enough about. Yeah, sure, sure thing. You know, we you know we certainly spend a, a lot of time and energy uh, focusing on the consumer. So, uh, you, we provide a number of tools uh, to help people, you know, uh, both select a health plan, but then understand what they're purchasing. You know, really understand total cost of ownership, network quality. Um, you know, whether my my prescription drugs are are available in, in the plan. So, you know, we were looking at it and say. Yeah, consumers need to come out of this process more well informed uh, than when they entered the benefits process, which um, shouldn't be a, a you know a shock, but it, it is uh, not the norm today. You mm-hmm. know, people just don't understand what they're purchasing. Um, and your second point, I think there's a, a good good uh, kind of discussion about there, but there's with all the the broadening ecosystem of private exchanges out in the market. Uh, it's putting a lot of strain on carriers. You know, how do I work with all these different private exchanges? Mm-hmm. What do the integration points look like? Uh, Connexure has a lot of experience in that area, uh, being that we, we offer a lot of the, the systems for carriers, and, and we um, like to think that we're a carrier-friendly solution. Um, it's, a, it's a complicated scenario when you look at just kind of the, the market as it keeps expanding. Um, carriers have a lot of questions that they have to answer of, you know, how many I'm going to participate with, how many I'm going to integrate with, what are the volumes look like. Uh, so that, that integration point is, is very key in the success of private exchanges. Now, Chris, when you had mentioned, you know, the, the consumer experience there, and, and I understand that Connexure conducts significant research into how consumers purchase coverage online, you know, what are some of the findings from some of the research that you all have done um, that's working to address, you know, the consumer mindset and experience within, within these exchange platforms? I think the the key thing to think about here is that this is new to many people. Um, you know, in our survey, and we do this annually, we'll have another one coming out um, probably in a month from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that you know, eighty seven percent of people have never really shopped for insurance. Yeah. That doesn't mean they maybe haven't done an you know an enrollment through a, a Ben Admin platform, but they just they've never really shopped for health insurance before. And we ask consumers key terms, you know, what do they understand? And we, we look at this not just in employer benefits, but in the uninsured population. And leading up to health care reform, the assumption was that the uninsured population didn't know um, the, the most. But in, in our research, actually, the uninsured population was much more knowledgeable about key health terms than, than people that were receiving group coverage. Mm-hmm. So the challenge is actually greater with people that had insurance through their employer than it was with the uninsured. You, you can think about that as, you know, a lot of people that were uninsured, it wasn't because they didn't want insurance. They had done research. They had, had done some work. People that have been receiving a group plan for 10, 15 years, you know, they've never had to think about it, and they've never really learned a lot of those terms. So um, it's easy to, to take that for granted. Yeah, that seems to make a lot of sense. I mean, people have just opened up the door, and here's your benefit package. Check a couple boxes and don't have to look any further, right? That's how it's always been done in the past. Exactly. Yep. So, 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 what do employers and the benefit HR teams uh, need to be thinking about today as it relates to the online distribution of their benefits? 
I think the um, if they're looking about in, in a switch to, to private exchange, there's you know, there, there's certainly a, a communications program that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that can be done, you know, when they're introduced to the enrollment process. But there's a there's a long window of time there to really you know teach your employees about you know what it means to shop. And there's an education process. Um, year one may be the more intense type of experience. Uh, but at you know years two and three, you, you hopefully you, you're starting to produce a uh, much more informed employee. Uh, and when they're informed about their benefits, uh, they're they're, they're going to be more informed about uh, their overall healthcare choices and, and wellness programs. And so there's um, sometimes we take for granted the all the the pre work that an employer has to do uh, to to get employees uh, knowledgeable about that that program. Chris, when you look at um, you know the brokers out there and and the payers out there. You know they're they're trying to to get their arms around all this. What are some of the the things that they need to keep top of mind when they're when they're analyzing a solution like yours? I think one thing we look at is you know in some ways um, benefit consultants brokers they they need to to hedge their bets a little bit. Um, you know that what we found from the conference a lot of things we learned is that. There's there's a lot of different models out there. There might be an employer that you know, wants to keep self-funded plans, but maybe is still looking at a private exchange. Um, there there may be some employees that are transitioned to individual coverage, and, and maybe the employer wants to keep a relationship there. So we look at it and say, you know, we have a solution that that provides uh, benefits, uh, both group benefits, individual benefits, as long as we we also have uh, Medicare integrated into that as well. So look at something that can evolve with you as an employer. It's not just a kind of a one one size fits all type of solution. I think it is key as as they look forward. Now, Chris, Doug, and I talk about this all the time. Um, you know, with these private exchange platforms, that if they do do the job that that they're supposed to do. You have a lifetime customer, um, and from a technology standpoint, when you're looking at your products, you know what, you know what is the the technology that's behind your solution that really effectively distributes health insurance online and really provides that that nice user experience. I, th- I touched on this a little bit um, earlier about some of the tools that we provide. Um, what we look at it, you know, really when you're trying to affect a consumer. Um, you, you need to make them happy quickly. You know, as they get into this process, what what they, you can't do is have them dissatisfied with the, their first interaction with it. When they if they go through the enrollment process and feel like, you know, this is just sort of the old world. I you know I just checked a few boxes. I really don't understand what a critical illness plan is, but it was wasn't too expensive, so I added it. You know, I don't really understand what I'm doing with all of these things. Then they're they're not going to be engaged year round. So, you know, what we look at is sort of an introduction to, to a broader conversation for that consumer around uh, health and wellness long term. And, and we provide a lot of uh, tools to really try to address the long term problem of are we, are we in keeping our consumers better informed or are they going to be more engaged uh, year round? Um, we have solutions about helping, helping people, you know, make comparisons about their prescription drugs. You know, they, Simple example is just showing them that they have generic alternatives available uh, to, to some of their name brand drugs and informing them about the process and doing it on their own time so that they're, you know, and they can access it whenever they want so that they really have uh, that ability to, to have this uh, a private exchange that long term is something that they can't live without. Uh, we, we made the analogy of you know, online banking, um, and I thought it was great, you know, that you know, would anybody do without their online banking at this point? You know the, the expectations just get ratcheted up year over year, and so 
you know, I think as we move forward, uh, private exchanges are going to become an indispensable part of, of somebody's uh, experience with their employer benefits. All right, Chris. Well, hey, well, we really appreciate you um, joining us on the program today, and thank you very much for your support at IHC Forum West and your participation on the private exchange panel. Uh, hope you have a great weekend, and uh, to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, annual publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Solution Providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the IHCC.com. Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Learn, connect, share. Join us every Friday at 11 o'clock to learn all those confusing issues around healthcare, Obamacare, Medicare, Medicaid. We'll help you find the answers, help you stay in compliance. Join us Friday at 11 o'clock. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with CEO and founder of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, Doug Field. And uh, what we want to talk about here a little bit is our 2015 events. And, again, thank Chris for his time on the, the previous segment and thank him again for um, being on the private exchange uh general session that we had at IHC Forum West and moving into our events for 2015 and we talked with a lot of companies out there um, about this this week is our IHC Forum um, and Expos we're going to have next year but we're actually adding a new event we're adding Private Exchange Forum um, in Dallas, Texas March 31st through April 1st to really drill down on private exchanges and define contribution and Doug that's a you know, as we always talk about, a very big topic, and you and uh, John Young as the, the co-chair are pulling together that program as we speak. Yeah, I think, you know, to step back and even look at our, our events, you know, we're excited about where we're going with our events next year. And, uh, you know, uh, our June event, IHC Forum and Expo, will 
you know, grow to 1,100 plus, you know, uh, people and, and address all the different moving parts of healthcare consumerism, you know, from digital health and telehealth and wearables, you know, supplemental health, voluntary, transparency, engagement to certainly define contribution exchanges and IHC Forum and Expo West in November. We'll do the same, you know, address that. But we, as we look at this exchange market, and Chris was kind of talking about it from his expert seat at, at Connection, there's just so many different moving parts of understanding defined contribution exchange. I mean, take that defined contribution. It's, it's been around forever, but it's still really, really misunderstood. And then how's defined contribution and private exchange married, married together? What are all the models out there that, that somebody should take a look at when, you know, when they're considering an exchange for the workforce? And, and our goal with both privateexchanges.com, our, our database on private exchanges, healthcare exchange solutions, our publication, our newsletters, our, our web community, is to be the place that the industry can come and seek to understand. You know, find the some of the solutions, look at the case studies, look at some of the research. Understand. So, so we felt that while our our current forums really, you know, have exchange content and defined contribution content that's going to continue to be, you know, uh, a deep part of those events. You know, exchanges are your healthcare consumers is far beyond just exchange content. But we felt the need to have a deep dive, two-day pure discussion, to your point earlier, Brent, on nothing except defined contribution of private exchanges. So we're rolling out private exchange form in Dallas, March 31st through April 1st. We're real excited about it. Uh, we're excited about bringing employers there and getting those stakeholders, just like we do our other events, flowing in there and really focus on attendee development. That's our core thing. Get get the program right and get the attendees there so this market can, you know, interact with each other and seek to understand. We're working closely with a couple employer groups in the state of Texas that we'll be able to announce, but it, it is a national event. But we're working closely with uh, some employer groups in uh, Texas to make sure that they and their members, you know, uh, get there. So we're excited about having a national presence in Atlanta in June, one in Dallas in March, and in November, you know, Forum and Expo West uh, in the in the November timeframe. Now, going back to um, private exchange forum, and you mentioned and you would mentioned it just recently, is is there's a lot of information that employers, brokers, insurers, that they all need to really understand. I talked to multiple brokers at the event this week who said, hey, I'm already signed up to come to IHC Forum uh, and Expo, but tell me more about the um, private exchange event. And after talking to them, they said, yeah, I want to sign up for that as well just because I need to understand all those moving pieces. From a program standpoint, Doug, you know what's the format going to look like? It's uh, it's going to be r- relatively similar to uh, what we do with our form and expo, except we're going to have more general sessions, keep more people in that same room. It's smaller. It's going to be between three hundred and four hundred people, limited to thirty thirty five sponsors. So, you know, uh, we're walking before we run. Have a quality group of people in that room, keep them together, interact. Uh, have three uh, workshop tracks of three sessions uh, each that people would be able to spin off and go to to take a deep dive into some of the niche subjects like health management and exchanges. You know, we'll have uh, a couple of workshops focused on the small employer 
So for both brokers working with the small employer and small employers themselves, because, you know, we're focused on the 250 life and up companies as our core with mm-hmm. our events and the Institute, but we're going to carve out some special programs, you know, for a small employer to come because they don't have the deep resources to figure it out, you know, you know, like others do. Um, and we'll, in, in the general sessions, we will have, uh, you know, panels represented by some of the key stakeholders. You know, there'll be a pure employer panel where there'll be four employers talking about what they're doing in an exchange, what they have done in exchange, what's the next generation, you know, of the model, where, you know, where are they evolving their exchange model, what challenges have they faced with their workforce, how are they looking to get over those challenges, and move their program, you know, programs forward. We'll have uh, an opening that'll have a uh, consultant advisor, a probably a consult a consultant with a an exchange, a technology platform provider, and a broker, all giving their outlook on where they see the industry today and where they where they see the industry going. We'll certainly talk about compliance and exchanges. You know, I think Mike Smith. You know, said it well. He says, you, "If you go to find contributions to private exchanges, it doesn't mean you're moving away from the compliance concerns that you need to have about your employee population." And Mike, one of the one of the things that he had uh, talked about at the the event earlier this week is is there's a lot of different models out there. Um, you know, and Chris had just mentioned that in the previous segment, a lot of different models that are out there, and and what should somebody be looking at? Um, you know, I think Doug when. When somebody leaves the private exchange forum, you know, is the goal to have them understand all the different models or the goal for them to look at, you know, how this drives down their cost or both? I think, well, I think all of the above. I think you're going to have, you're going to have people coming to private exchange. Great question, Brent. You're going to have attendees coming to private exchange forum to look and understand exchanges for the first time. You know, they're going to, you know, come and want to network and want to discuss, want to hear the experts and understand, hey, is this something we should even consider for fall, meaning 2016 plan year? It's why we're holding it March 31st, because you're right in the wheelhouse helping these people, you know, make these decisions. You're going to have a second group coming into uh, a forum that's saying, okay, what's the next generation? You know, we've had an exchange in place for a year or even two years. So what does the next generation of our exchange need to look like? What are other peers like us doing that will be in that room to create a better benefit experience? You know, how are how is a company using defined contribution to help manage costs? And is it helping them manage costs? You know, how, you know, what exchange models are truly helping us, you know, manage our HR and benefit resources better and really helping us not only improve that benefit experience, but really better manage the resources that we need to have dedicated to that. Obviously, in the first year or two, you got to have a lot of resources dedicated because you got to educate and communicate and, and get people used to using it. And around those employers, will be brokers coming and consultants coming and TPAs coming to say, how do we serve our clients better? How do we understand how to help our clients make the right choice, you know, and move the right direction with the defined contribution and exchange model? Yeah, and one of the, just from our conversations, and the reason I really asked that question is, is we've talked to employers who've said before, I'm not, a private exchange isn't right for me. Fast forward to where it is today, and so that answer came two years ago. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to right now, that that mindset's changing, and yeah. it, it's changing rather quickly. And there was some, um, 
you know, some groups that I talked to, you know, some employers that I talked to at, at West um, just this week, and they said the same thing. And I'm kind of I'm bookmarking that to see mm-hmm. does that does that mindset change over the next couple years, and do they move towards that private exchange, um, you know, option technology? Because a lot of them are full replacement. They're already right. at that place where they've got the HSA with the high deductible, so it's a it's a next natural progression for them if they can see the cost savings i think that is the big piece if they can see the cost savings in moving to a private exchange and they can see that and you you say this all the time they can see that the usability of it is is there for their employee population it really is kind of the no-brainer type solution but um, that's going to be really interesting to to see over the next couple of years and i'll tell you and, and and it will be brent and and the other part of our exchange conference content will be what is included in an exchange and also what needs to be around an exchange. And being around an exchange is what you just talked about before, an effective health management program, mm-hmm. an overall communication and education program around engagement in your health management program, engagement in your exchange. What needs to be in an exchange, obviously there's a phase one, which is going to be your major medical and probably some core supplemental. But then where you, where do you move it to? By adding the transparency tools that consumers need to help them be that better consumer of healthcare. Add the telehealth components, mm-hmm. you know, that help them access, you know, cost effective care and preventive care via telehealth and some of the video health, you know, services uh, that are out there. You know, building out the complete benefit experience. You know, the voluntary benefit players, you know, quite candidly, their mouths are watering because they see an exchange being a distribution platform for them, and it will be. But the interesting part is if, if you're going to say to an employee and their families, here's an amount of money for you to spend on benefits, now go seek what you need and what you want, then give them the choice. Mm-hmm. You need to give them the choice. And that includes even on the front side. You know, it's it, I read a report today about consumers wanting to choose their HSA, not having the employer or health plan say, here's who it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we use, you know, ABC, HSA provider tied this up. No, a consumer needs to go in exchange and says, hey, here's our community bank with an HSA. Here's here's HSA Bank. Here's Wells Fargo. Whoever. I'm not trying to eliminate the names, but you know, here's choices. Right, and I'll and I'll throw some out there. We've actually got some early sponsors um, for Private Exchange Forum that came out of the event this week. We do have um, this, just to name a few. Fair Health, which is a healthcare transparency um, company in in New York, um, is going to be sponsoring the event. So they see the tie-in that transparency has within these private exchange platforms, and then. Um, Two really thought-leading banks out there, Avidia Bank and uh, Select Account, um, that's owned by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota, are both uh, early sponsors for the event as well. And so that's where you now see, to your point, Doug, these HSA providers saying, you know, we need to be embedded as an option in these private exchange platforms. And I almost look at it like, like somebody who's trying to get something on the shelves at Target. You scratch and you claw because, hey, if I can get something on the shelves at Target right. and stay on that right. shelf, whether it's bottom shelf, top shelf, or middle shelf, it's better than not being on the shelf at all. Yep. And so they, you know, we've got got a lot of players out there from a voluntary benefit standpoint um, as well, looking at that because they see it to your point as a as a distribution strategy. Um, 
for that. So Private Exchange Forum, uh, March 31st through April 1st, the deep dive on um, you know private exchange and defined contribution. And the point we do want to make is that our other events, our anchor events, have defined contribution and private exchanges deeply embedded in it. And the reason... You know that I talk to companies about this all the time. Is if you don't understand healthcare consumerism, you're you're not going to go ahead and make the jump to private exchanges. Right. So that's the that's the value of our two anchor events. For those of you out there that are looking to attend the events, is is understand private or understand the the anchor events with healthcare consumerism and then you're going to better understand private exchange form because your your employee population understands um, healthcare consumerism as a whole but everybody stay tuned for the next segment of healthcare consumerism radio privatehealthcareexchanges.com have you checked out the only online guide where employers health plans brokers and consultants can navigate private exchange and defined contribution markets browse privatehealthcareexchanges.com today The emergence of private health insurance exchanges represents perhaps the most significant shift in how Americans purchase health benefits in years. As employers move their employee population into private exchanges, this trend is on a growth projection into the 2015 benefit year and beyond, according to research published by Allegis Technologies. Visit PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today to browse our national searchable directory and for Healthcare Exchange Solutions magazine and newsletter. Be sure to submit your listing for inclusion in this groundbreaking guide at www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. That's www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Solution Providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive solution provider membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the IHCC.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with um, Doug Field, CEO and founder of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And... Um, we're going to do something a little bit different here on this segment. Um, you know, all you employers out there, brokers, consultants, TPAs, and health plans, you know, you're our core. You're our community. And, um, you know, our objective is to really talk to you on this program about what you need to be looking at and what are some of the trends uh, in the healthcare consumerism space that you really need to, to be looking at. And we thank you very much for listening. And, um, 
and we're going to continue to do that on on some other segments. But for this segment, what we really wanted to do was talk directly to some of the solution providers out there and what it is that we do here at the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism that can help you solution providers really move your business forward um, into the next year by utilizing the the media properties like this radio program that you're hearing right now um, in 2015 and beyond. And Doug... You know, you've been in the media business for a, for a very long time, um, and you've you've built leading properties um, across you know multiple different markets, but have been in the healthcare benefit space uh, for the majority of your career. You know, from a media standpoint, you know, talk a little bit about our properties here at the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism and and how they can help solution providers who are trying to move their business forward in 2015 and um, you know gain more customers. Yeah, uh, thanks, Brad. Absolutely, but let me st- let me step back and talk about marketing first. Marketing, you know, that we talk about a lot uh, is you're right. I've been in this business a long time. My grandfather I've been in this business thirty years. I founded Employee Benefit News, that group. I was involved in the the birth of four hundred one k plans and saw that explosion. Saw the explosion of, of Manny's care. But right now, I've, you know, this market has never been more chaotic. I'm going to say that in a positive way. Uh, or disruptive, you know, in the past, in anything like the past 30 years. So whether it's exchanges that is talked about a lot, whether it's HSAs and HSAs exploding along with high deductible plans, transparency solutions, wearables, digital health, telehealth, and I'm not trying to leave anything out, even the creativity with supplemental health and voluntary players. Uh, there's just a lot going on out in this marketplace. And Sometimes it's hard for a solution provider that is on this fast track to maybe think about marketing that really is a more longer-term program. You know, I think everyone is looking at, hey, how do I make sales tomorrow? How do I make sales today? Some of these companies are dealing with more RFPs than they know what to deal with. But what? But they're all dealing with a longer sales pipeline, pipelines that average anywhere from six months to 18 to even 24 months. And I think – that we're in a race and we're in an Oklahoma land grab across all these segments, not just exchanges. And there's never been a more important time for companies to put together really a solid integrated program that, you know, establishes brand leadership and the essence of who they are and what they're all about that enables them to present their thought leadership and drive demand. All three of those things working hand in hand. And when you look at what we've created at the Institute from an information standpoint to serve that community that you talked about that's now grown to 70,000 employers, brokers, advisors, TPAs, consultants, and health plans, that's our core, then we have the ability to connect you, the solution providers, to this core. And not just short-term through an e-blast, because like you and I talk about, Brent, we don't recommend that. We say, hey, how can we help you put together a that brand campaign, that thought leadership campaign, and that demand generation campaign across our properties, our events, where you can come into – you can come in and have a basic exhibit level, but if you truly want to be a leader – then that's that's why our platinum, gold, and silver are there, to enable you to stand out from your competition and be a leader. But the same can be across our other platforms. You know, it's interesting because we talk about it all the time. I mean, magazine advertising is coming back. Not ever going to come back to be the dominant part, but a print digital advertising program in our properties, it, 
you know, can help a company truly create that brand presence when, when combined with our other tools. Now, Doug, going back to one thing you said, talk, talk a little bit more about the essence of your brand. What do you mean by that? Yeah. A lot of that, that's a very good question, Brett. It's, um, the essence of your brand is what do you really stand for? It's not about Go Health's logo. It's not about, you know, Truven Health Analytic logo. Some people think that. It's, it's about what's behind that logo. You know, what, what do you stand for? What is the innovation you represent? What is the quality execution of your solution that you represent? Who is the leadership behind that company? And what does that, that represent as far as an understanding of the market space that you're in and the solutions that you're innovating and developing to help employers and others solve those pain points that they're dealing with, whether it's cost, whether it's resources, whether it's engagement, or whatever it is. That's really the creating the essence of who you are, the brand, the essence of who you are. Now, when I, you know, I have a lot of conversations with solution providers out there all the time, and, and what they say is, hey, I, you know, I want to do business with, you know, employers who have 10,000 employees or more. And I had a couple conversations out west. He said, you know, you know how many companies out there, you know, have that size? And there's there's a good amount, but it's not a ton. There's a really good mid-market segment group that's out there as well. But going back to the, to the big, you know, Fortune 1000 companies, going back to what you're saying about brand essence, a Fortune 1000 company will not do business with you unless they know who you are. That's right. Correct? That's right. But I, I think there's something else to add to that, too. Sometimes you and your team are faced with questions that are more sales-oriented instead of marketing-oriented. Sometimes you're faced with, here's my target, but is that really a marketing response or is that what the sales team wants? Because when you, when you look at a, a, a marketing initiative, you know, how can we help? plant the seeds across the community, you know, because we face another question all the time, Brent. Companies say, well, health plan's my direct customer. And like you and we say all the time, there's 900 health plans out there. How are you making sure that you're there and we can help you get there? But more importantly, how are you making sure the employer's hairs are on fire? So they're going to their health plan and saying, hey, talk to us about WellTalk. Talk to us about ABC solution. Talk to us about X, XYZ solution. So, you know, we the uniqueness of what we're doing from a marketing standpoint to help you, the solution providers, is we're almost like an insurance policy. If you believe that you're part of the healthcare consumerism solution and you also believe that it's important for your message to be, to be seen and understood by all the stakeholders because you never know where your business is going to come from. You never know where your influence is going to come from. Yeah, you sell through brokers, but an employer if, if an employer asks their broker about you, the broker is going to be on the phone talking to you. Yes, maybe TPA is where you want to sell, but how is a TPA becoming aware through their employers of, of these solutions? So we're almost like an insurance policy. And I think the other thing I'd say to the solution providers out there is that you're innovating. You're being creative. You're trying to change up to serve a changing, fast-moving market. But sometimes, in the most positive way I can say this, your marketing programs remain status quo. Your marketing programs are remaining what you've done in some of the traditional media or traditional events. And we just say, urge you to kind of step up and take a look at who we are, not just our events, which are growing, 
but across our properties, our publications, this radio program, our web community that you can take a first step and become an affiliate member with, custom media. I mean, we can develop special initiatives around small employers or around target groups like health plans. If you want us to develop custom projects for you, we can do that, you know, because I'd like to believe the thing we're noted for, aside from serving our community well, is listening to our marketers and building programs that work. Mm-hmm. Building programs that work and doing it on a cost-effective basis. And if an early-stage company is listening to this, we can do things pretty cost-effective. We can help you get out there because, Brent, you said something so incredibly important. If you're an early-stage company and you want a major company to do business with you, then you need to have a marketing program that stands up and creates this image, not just through PR. You know, we hear a lot of that. PR is a great tool. But good, solid marketing program through sponsorship presence at events, through advertising, through other marketing tools, through custom media, you know, says to a buyer out there, you must be somebody we need to do business with. You must have resources behind you. So we probably need to talk to you. You know, and and when it comes to the mid market, this is kind of my final point. I talk about the mid market all the time. Companies I qualify between two fifty and and five thousand employees. That's the heart of America, heart of a lot of work. And these companies have resources, but they don't have over resources like consultants. They have big challenges. How do you find them? That's hard to find them. It's hard to, you know, that's where marketing can play a big big role in helping you. Find those hidden jewels, that company with a 1,000 employees, you know, Plant City Steel Company that you haven't heard about that now is thinking about consumerism. Are you there in front of them right now? Now, the one uh, for everybody out there and everything that, that Doug has just talked about, um, you can find that all, all that information at our website, which is theihcc.com. And if you go click on um, – marketing resources there's information on all our different properties and as doug mentioned um our publications which our publications are um you know produced eight times a year and that's with two annual issues which um is our annual outlook issue will that will come out uh the first part of 2015 and really allow you as a company to position yourselves and tell our our core audience where you see the market moving in 2015 relative to your solutions. And it's an ex- extremely well-read issue along with all our other issues. Um, but uh, we do encourage you to, to go to the marketing resource page. We're going to actually post this there, this conversation there as well. Um, and reach out to us and, and you know, would love to, to see how we might be able to help you. And um, we thank you very much um, for everybody who came to IHC Forum West. And until uh, next week. Um, We'll see you on Healthcare Consumers and Radio. Go Bucks. <laughs> this is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.